everyone. Welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices, plus the knowledge to keep your organization in compliance, HR works. One HR challenge that won't go away is dealing with the EEOC. Recently, the agency has begun, begun a new digital processing program for its activities that will likely impact most employers. To gain some clearer understanding about this and some practical tips, we've asked Naomi Oglesby, an associate with the Murray Law Group, to join us today. Naomi defends management side clients against the full spectrum of employment claims including harassment, discrimination, retaliation, breach of contract, confidentiality agreements, medical leaves, wage and hour laws, and other employment-related administrative charges and lawsuits. She litigates these matters in state and federal courts and counsels employers regarding strategies to avoid liability and to employ sound management practices. Naomi, welcome to HR Works. Thank you for having me. So uh, let's begin with the basics. What is the EEOC's ACT Digital Program? Well, the EEOC's ACT Digital Program was implemented last year. It is nationwide now, and it's, it's an online digital portal. It has many similarities to electronic filing systems used for courts around the country, and the technical name for the system is called Action Council for Transformation to a Digital Chart System. In short, it's called ACT Digital. So um, is it fully in effect for all employers? All around the United States. And uh, what has uh, changed with this new ACT Digital program? The biggest difference from the old system versus the new system is the fact that it is a digital system. In the past, employers could submit a response in the form of a position statement and exhibits uh, by U.S. mail or by fax. And today, employers receive correspondence and also submit responses to the EEOC digitally. I understand there are some concerns around confidential information. Can you clarify that for us? Sure. Information that the charging party knows, for example, information about the charging party's medical condition, social security numbers, dates of birth, addresses, and other identifying information is not confidential because the charging party already knows it. But certainly for other individuals, that information is confidential to the charging party. And I advise clients to view company information the same way. Does the charging party already know it? If if he or she does not know it, then there should be at least some analysis on whether that information is confidential. So when you uh, submit confidential information, then how, how do you uh, go about ensuring that, that it's treated properly? Can you give us a little more detail on that? Sure. Well, that in itself is something that employers should be concerned about. 
because the EEOC does not guarantee complete confidentiality. Just because an exhibit is marked as confidential does not necessarily mean the EEOC will protect it. So that is a concern for companies. What exhibits are confidential? On the same token, the EEOC does request that exhibits that are confidential to be separately labeled. Uh, we advise using a cover sheet, for example. And the cover sheet should have labels to inform the EEOC what kind of confidential information is contained in it. For example, is it confidential financial information, sensitive medical information, confidential commercial information, or trade secret information. Along with this cover sheet, the EEOC requests that employers provide an explanation to justify the confidential nature of the document. Some regions in the United States have a pull-down filing tab uh, in the upload filings section of the website to upload confidential filings to Act Digital. Other regions do not have that as of yet, but uh, it is expected in the future. So there are concerns to think about on what documents are considered confidential and how to label these confidential documents for the EEOC. Okay, thanks. Now, um, how does a notification of a pending charge work with the uh, ACT digital system? If the EEOC has an email address already on file for the company, it will send an electronic notice of a charge to that email address. However, if the agency does not have an email address on file, it will send notice of the charge via U.S. mail with log-on instructions to access the digital portal. And uh, what if they send it to your email, but your spam filter blocks the notification? Well, if the EEOC sends notice of a charge electronically to an employer and no one logs in, logs on to at digital, the system will alert the agency after 10 days that no one has logged on to the system. At that point, Staff from the EEOC will contact the employer via telephone or regular mail and reserve the notice, most likely in electronic form. Okay. So um, can employers uh, opt out of uh, ACT? At this point, employers can opt out of ACT Digital by mailing their, emailing their local EEOC office within 10 days of receiving the electronic notice of charge and requesting that to opt out of the digital system and correspond via U.S. mail. Okay, good. Sen, uh, what um, tips do you have about responding to a charge? Generally, the same standards apply um, from the old system to the new Act digital system meaning a company has 30 days to respond to a charge by filing a position statement. The EEOC does provide a resource guide for employers on their website called Effective Position Statements with tips on how to respond 
but I strongly advise companies to consult with their legal counsel on how to effectively respond to a charge of discrimination. Because should the matter proceed to the filing of a legal complaint in federal court, a factual and accurate response lays the foundation for a credible and successful defense. And it also reduces the risk that the EEOC itself will pursue litigation against the company. What right. is certain is that an ineffective response will be used against the company at a detrimental cost. So it's highly advisable that the company consult legal counsel uh, to respond to a charge filed against it. All right, that's that's a great tip. Now, how about just um, some positives and negatives that you've seen regarding Act Digital? Well, some some people have concerns generally about the vulnerability and privacy of an electronic digital system. Others have concerns about the possibility that Act Digital will make it easier for the EEOC to interact with other governmental agencies to monitor similar charges against the company. However, I do remind employers that federal courts, most state and local courts, and other governmental agencies like the NLRB have already transitioned to electronic docketing systems. So while Act Digital is new for the EEOC, it is certainly not a new concept. Okay. Um, do you have any uh, final tips about dealing with ACT Digital? I do have a final tip, and it's a very important one. It is critical that companies inform all human resources representatives, managers, and supervisors about this new ACT Digital system. Because we don't know what email address the EEOC has on file, which means we don't know what person in the company could receive an electronic notice of a charge. So all first-line responders, meaning human resources professionals, managers, and supervisors, should be trained that if they receive an email from the EEOC to not open it, and do not log on to the system. Immediately forward it to legal counsel or the appropriate company representative. Because once someone logs on to Act Digital, that means the company consents to electronic service and communications through the portal. It also starts the countdown for the company to respond to the charge by submitting a position statement in 30 days. So it is very critical that the company train supervisors and individuals about this new docketing system so they would not be consenting to service on behalf of the company without without understanding what they have done. Oh, well, now that's important. Well, at least uh, Chris and I are on notice for BLR. <laughs> we'll be on the lookout. So, Naomi, thanks so much for joining us today and providing these very helpful tips. Oh, well, thank you again for having me. Join Naomi and her colleague Susan Heiser on June 30th 
for the BLR webinar, New EEOC Procedures for Position Statements, the latest strategies for responding to employment charges. In this 90-minute webinar, you'll learn best practices for developing and presenting your defense to the EEOC when responding to a discrimination or retaliation charge. For more information, go to store.blr.com. Listeners, let me know what HR work should cover next. sbruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works. The opinions expressed on HR Works do not represent legal or any other type of professional advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice from a qualified attorney licensed in your state.